ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. This is Ignition. Welcome to Ignition, a radio show and podcast for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald. And I'm Father Andrew Dickinson. And before we get into today's topic, as always, we want to uh, encourage you to give us your feedback. Uh, we love listener feedback. The best way to do that is by emailing me, cbergwald at sfcatholic.org. C-B-U-R-G-W-A-L-D at sfcatholic.org. Any questions you have about uh, what Father and I discuss in today's episode, um, any topics that you'd like us to discuss in future episodes, whatever sort of feedback you have, um, send it our way. Uh, we'd love to hear from our listeners. So, Father, you are still um, uh, summer work for you, huh? Well, I'm somewhere warm. Somewhere warm, yeah. In July. I'm sorry. Yeah. So, yes, good times. Um, <laughs> the the uh, well, not there's no good segue for this. Let's just jump into today's topic, Father. Um, one of the things that 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 Father and I actually t- have talked about numerous times and never really done a podcast on is I was is, here we. Yeah, and, and I looked, and we, we surprisingly haven't. We just must like the topic, Father. I don't know what that says about you and I. Um, <laughs> but the topic is our pop culture... Our pop culture junkie. Yes, pop, our pop culture's fascination with the undead. Uh, whether it be vampires, um, whether it be zombies, we see in movies, TV shows, cable and network TV, um, books, novels... All over the place, we are really <laughs> intrigued by, uh, interested in uh, fictional accounts of uh, the undead, of uh, z- vampires and zombies in particular. And Father, I remember for me, going back, um, I think high school or, or early college, back in the early 90s, uh, there was a, a movie, Bram Stoker's Dracula, um, which uh, came out and had a different take sort of on the traditional Dracula story. But then further on, especially especially I think in the um, in the the 20 aughts what, what's the last decade father what how do you read uh, millennial decade <laughs> the, the first the whatever the, from 2000 to 2009 10 saw all sorts the of O's? yeah that the O's the aughts um on TV, cable TV, you know, it was uh, True Blood, and a lot of these shows are still around. Um, the uh, the movie trilogy series, whose name? Oh, Twilight, the Twilight movies. Um, oh, I was say whose name will not be mentioned. <laughs> no, that's that's another book and movie series. Um, all all these different things where where we see vampires and father, and you commented on this when we were talking about this topic. It's not just vampires, but it's a different. And this goes back to the movie in the early 90s, a different take on vampires. What were you talking about that when we discussed it? Uh, well, just about kind of the, the change of like, because vampire stories have been around before, right? Right, yes. It's not, it's not, it's not the creature is a new invention. Let's well, invent a creature that drinks human blood. Right, right. Right. Um, but the new twist is that typically, like, the, the undead were seen as like people who were striving after life and were jealous of the living. Right. Uh, but now, especially in the vampire stories, it, it seems like the living are jealous of the undead. Yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a it's a reversal. It's a twist. It's a one eighty on on the traditional accounts. Yeah, we're we're there there, and this also goes back to the nineties. The um, oh, I can't remember the name of this, but Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise, uh, the vampire movie. Um, uh, uh, vampire Diaries. Vampire Diaries. 
Uh, and rice. In, or interview with a vampire. Thank you to our producer, director, whatever he is, the man behind the screen. <laughs> uh, interview with a vampire. Yeah, that, again, this 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 romanticized account where people who who are living want to become vampires, which was, of course, the exact opposite of 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 the traditional tales. Um, yeah. So that's that, what, what. Any any thoughts, Father, on significance of that? What what's 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 beneath that? Do you think any ideas? Well, I think um, there's loads of things in that way. I think, uh, well, just in general, not just in, I guess, would you want me to go general or go vampire-specific first? Uh, Vampire-specific first. Oh, okay, vampire-specific first. Well, I mean, vampires have always been kind of the uh, the Antichrist. I right. I mean, that in the, like, boogeyman sort of way. I mean, yep. we're talking about vampires. Um, but they're the opposite of Christ. Because Christ is the one who gives us his blood so that we might have life. Whereas the vampire is one who takes our blood so that he might have life, or have the appearance of life. Exactly, and that's part of I mean, part of why this topic struck me. Just a couple Sundays ago, we celebrated the the solemnity of Corpus Christi, um, and, and Jesus, if you eat my flesh and drink my blood, I remain in you, and you remain in me. And yet, we do see that that reversal. So we, we receive abundant life from Christ, um, in in particularly in the in the sacrament of the Eucharist, but in in the the as yeah, is exactly as, it's it's the antichrist. The vampire is the antichrist because. It reverses uh, that reality. Yes. So, so what about the fact? So, what about this fascination with and this romanticizing of vampires? What do you think that's about? Any ideas? Well, uh, I think I think it shows a lot of dissatisfaction with life as we know it. Right. Right. Um, in the sense now, uh, in the sense that you know, we're, we're the modern world is longing after some fantastical thing that it can't have that doesn't exist. Uh, in some ways. Now, I suppose someone listening to this podcast, this this, uh, this ignition, might think to themselves, especially if they weren't a Christian, they might say, well, is it all Christianity, just kind of a, a fantasy exercise of longing for something that doesn't really exist? Uh, but there's something different about this as a made-up fable as opposed to uh, the divine and holy teachings of the Church uh, and the historical realities of the figure of the Christ. Right. We, we don't—I mean, obviously somebody might say, well, I, I, I think that Christianity is a fairy tale. But Christians, you, you, you and I, Father, obviously we believe that this is true. No, but Anne Rice didn't think that the event, interview with a vampire was true. Uh, you know, I mean, none of, the, none of these—the—the— the, 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 um, the vampire narratives, the vampire fad, the, the, that reality, nobody's saying this is actually true, but it does manifest, it reveals something about what's going on in the, the cultural subconscious, if you will. Right. It also even shows on the more so kind of a, a culture that is uh, rejecting God. Uh, especially like in, the, in that exact opposite of, that it's an exact opposite of the Christ, um, that there's less and less time for prayer, but more and more time for these fantasies uh, and things like that. It shows forth that rejection of Christ, which is becoming more and more a hallmark of our culture. Right. Yep. 
Yeah, I think you know, and, and similar things you know, with with the zombie fascination as well. Again, you here have um, in both cases you have beings which were once human persons who now have 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 changed uh, in the respective ways of the zombies and vampires. We sort of know. We don't need to get into a detailed anthropology or whatever. Um, but but again, I, I think you know a, a reflection of of our culture. Maybe maybe another aspect of it to me, Father, our, our culture's fascination with the idea of striving for life that will not end, but 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 where it's it's twisted and perverted. Um, with, in both cases, where you know the vamp the, the life of the vampire uh, is unending, but it certainly doesn't seem to be all that hunky dory. And obviously, in the case of ve- uh, zombies, you know n- we're not at the point yet where we're romanticizing zombies. Nobody's uh, desiring to become zombies in fic- you know fictional portrayals. Uh, but but both of them, we it, it seems to me that one of the underlying things is our fascination with life after death, even if it is in a in a twisted form. Right, but there still is that is that is that longing. Well, or, or fascination or questioning about it, and if in our public spheres we we've really disallowed religious discourse, we've isolated religious discourse as something that isn't really something that we do as modern Western individuals, uh, but yet we still have a human desire to talk about life after death. Right. So, so that it's still there. It's still a part of who we are. And if we're, if 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 it's forbidden to to discuss it, quote unquote, rationally or 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 however you will, um, then it still comes out through our, our, in this case, pop culture, in our art, in our mm-hmm. artifacts. Very much so. Um, it's, it's something that, it's, it's a part of the human person that can't be stopped or edited or cut out. Yep. A longing, a desire for the eternal. A longing, a desire for something beyond this world. Yeah, and, 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 and so, it, exactly. And Father, what's interesting to me, you know, we were just talking about I think it was last week with um, the Fortnite for Freedom and religious liberty and so on, and how what what is what what's what's tolerable in the public square is is being more or more and more smaller and smaller, uh, if you will. Uh, we're seeing now again as we're just saying this is how it, work, it still works itself out one way or another. The big questions of life and human existence we do work themselves out one way or another in 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 our thinking and our creating. Right. And uh, whether in a, in, a, in a guided, revealed way by God, or in an unguided uh, way, or even worse, a, even more craftsly, a commercialized way. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, I don't know, and I was, as I was thinking on this, this, this topic occurred to me um, s- several days ago, and, and just thinking more about what it means. I was struck by, again, going back to, to, to Christ— you know the thing that he so often um, speaks about is, he, is particularly in John's gospel. He comes that we might have life and have it abundantly, and so he offers us the more. He offers us uh, the beyond. You know, we want more. We want. We want. We want. We want. Jesus wants to give that to us. He wants to offer us abundant life. And yet, because we have said, well, that's just not possible because that's a fairy tale, then we're going to manifest that desire in other ways, as we're just saying here. Uh, but, but I don't know. I, there's something about that, Father, where it seems to me, you know, w- when we look around, 
even though this desire, it's still, it's we, we still manifest this desire through our interest in in pop culture and in the undead and so on. Um, on the other hand, we do deny. Well, that's that is just a fairy tale. That is just a fantasy, and and we've sort of lowered the horizon of of the possible or restricted the horizon where you know i just have to be content with this ordinary mundane life right and i think part of this idea of kind of uh that we've lost the christian imagination and we've lost an imagination for goodness is i think kind of we kind of talked about this maybe not in a recording but we've talked about this before in the sense of um, even just like in, in film and art, that it's very easy for our culture to uh, imagine uh, uh, horrors and atrocities and evils and, and, and disorder and vice, but it's very hard to see a cultural portrayal of good and goodness and beauty uh, that resonate. Right. We don't we 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 don't know how to portray that. Well, I think, you know, one way that we saw that a little bit was the and and even more so now uh, Peter Jackson's take on the Lord of the Rings trilogy uh, in his movies and then in more so in his um, uh, the the Hobbit movies where, you know, the set. Yeah. Yeah. Where where the the. the, the the set pieces the battles and so on and wow that was really well done but to portray for instance aragorn and and his humility on the one hand and, and yet his magnanimity his greatness on the other hand you know it, uh, it, it doesn't come off quite as well as tolkien portrays it in in the actual book because we don't know how to portray portray that sort of virtue right we we, we don't and uh, and that's part of that lot. So we have this all this time imagining, thinking upon uh, things of, of our own mastery, of our own self control, of our own uh, uh, control of things. But um, um, and which leads us down to like the zombie visions. And because zombies are an expression of also in some ways an expression, especially zombies nowadays. Zombies are the expression of Amer- uh, of modern Western technical control and civilization gone awry. Right, right. This is sort of the um, even though we just had a new Godzilla movie. That that's what that's kind of the role that the Godzilla movies played um, after World War II, especially in Japan, uh, where where they experienced the 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 atomic bombs. Um, but but this is hum- the the impact of 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 technology gone awry on on creation on nature and therefore on humanity and this is another way where uh where we where we see the same sort of thing portrayed and finally the other thing too i think that it it points to is um our <laughs> I, I i think it's a first well it's certainly an american thing i think first world in general um and maybe even human we just have the ability more to do it in, in our in our in in the wealthy countries where we have a desire to control where we want to 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 be in charge and control of life around us, but we have this sense that, or this recognition and this fear that I'm not really in control, and I'm only about two steps away from being completely out of control. And so I think that you know the zombie apocalypse phenomenon is an example of that. Like we're just two steps away from our entire world completely collapsing, 
Um, fears about, you know, various uh, pandemics, avian flu about 10 years ago. You know, there are all, you know, all sorts of people afraid that, you know, um, there's going to be an avian flu pandemic that would kill millions of people. Um, that, that to me, just a manifestation of, of as much power as we have, we still recognize that we are, in fact, relatively powerless. And that scares us. Right, because we don't like the reality that we don't have as much control as we think we do. Exactly. Um, which uh, is just, and I think that's just going to continue to grow. And I think you know, you as listeners can continue to notice it and be aware of it, just in your own observations of American life. Exactly. But I think, but so again, returning to Scripture, on the other hand, despite all of this, what Jesus offers us, what he desires that we might have, is, is that we might have eternal life, that we might have abundant life, not just when we die, but now. All these things that we yearn for and that we create these... these um, you know, spectacular fantasies around in, in print and in film, all of these things, we still, they're offered to us. Uh, and yet we, we reject or refuse to believe that it's in fact possible that we have them. What, and what are your thoughts on that, Father? Why, why, do we, why do we struggle so much? I mean, this is a big question and we could go all sorts of directions, but why, why do we struggle so much with the idea that maybe what Jesus is offering us might actually be what we're longing for. Oh, well, I, mean, I think the, the obvious um, spiritual thing, I think it would be pride, um, which has always been kind of the last uh, fortress for evil within the heart of man, um, that we don't, we don't want to have God in control. We want to decide for ourselves, going back to the language in the garden, from Genesis chapter to decide for ourselves uh, the meaning of good and evil. And because the gospel does not offer us that possibility, we'd rather reject the possibility of it than recognize that it's offering exactly what we want, or what's behind that, the, the deeper desire of our heart. Exactly. So I, I think that's, a, you know, actually just having a, I had a conversation recently um, with some, some friends and coworkers along these lines. You know, a lot of times people are like, well, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm a good person or I'm, I'm good enough. And, and how we can get, get beyond that, there's more to life than this, that the longings that we have, um, we don't have to reduce them. We don't have to lower expectations for life, that there can be more. And I don't think, Father, I don't think that's something that can be really told to people people um, for them to to accept it they have to see it and want it and desire it themselves so we have to live it in such a way where it's attractive exactly and that's and that's the importance of Christian witness and I think you and I talked about this a bit with regard to um, this uh, this past weekend and the feast of um, St. Peter and St. Paul this whole idea that that they longed for life but the life that they longed for wasn't a you know, breath, it wasn't more food, it wasn't more sleep, um, it was uh, uh, the, uh, the eternal life of Christ and the life that Christ offers them, the life of the virtues, and to be able to see that in the lives of the saints and to see, you know, men and women living that out, trying to live that out, uh, it's a necessary thing. 
yeah, we, we have to continue to strive to show it to others. Uh, Francis in the Joy of the Gospel talks about how the church, uh, really the way that it grows most successfully is by attraction, by us living out the joy of the gospel, and that will be attractive to others, um, that there's a rich banquet that they'll want to be, that, 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 they, that they desire. Right. Um, sorry, go ahead. No. So I just think that's, you know, part of, you know, the the challenge that we're faced, the the spiritual, the cultural moment that we're in, where people want this, they have this desire for more to life. And on the one hand, on the other hand, they they, they seem resigned. They've resigned themselves to the idea that that's just not possible, that I can't have that. And and so that's where it's it's our task to really live that there is more to life than this. Um, and what any and, and I'll, I'll pose the question and give you my thoughts and I'll be curious to hear yours. What does that look like? How do we do that? What does it mean to live a a, a joy filled life? What does joy look like where where it's not artificial but it's natural? Um, I think you know oftentimes we've talked about prayer. That's where 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 our regular prayer life is so important. Being in our in our communication, our relationship with God. We live that it'll it'll make it more natural for us to to exude that joy um, in a in a way that's not artificial. But also, I think being in, in 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 communion with Him through prayer, through the sacraments, through Scripture, and so on, uh, we become at peace. And I think that's another big aspect of it that 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 again, our fear of losing control, our world. There's a lot. There's an absence of peace um, in the human heart, uh, in our culture. And I think if, if by living that and and that witness, I think Father is is one of the most powerful ways for us to to show people the attractiveness of our Christian faith, the peace that comes from trust and confidence in our Heavenly Father. So, sorry about that. We uh, just lost Father Dickinson. Um, uh, his phone battery died. So, such are the uh, <laughs> the challenges of technology. So, but what I was saying, just to continue in the lines of what I was talking about, um, living out our faith where where that sense of peace that comes from trust in, in, in our Heavenly Father, as I was just saying, um, I think that's a powerful way by which we can witness to our Christian faith, where we can show people there is more to life than this, that the humdrum, the ordinary that we experience in our daily life um, is, is, is not all there is, or that, that most of experience in our daily life is not that they're more, that it, not all that there is, um, the anxieties of life. Jesus wants to save us from all that. And that's part of, you know, Father and I, and in, in episodes past, we've talked about, um, and I mentioned earlier in this podcast, Pope Francis's The Joy of the Gospel. And he emphasizes, as, as the church has always emphasized, but Francis in his own way, emphasizing the salvation that Jesus offers us, um, he wants to save us from the inner emptiness, from the loneliness, from the anxieties of life. And Jesus talked so often about about being free from anxieties, um, free from worries, free from fears. You know, don't worry because worrying doesn't add anything to your life. Um, If the Father cares so much for the flowers of the fields, for the birds of the air, of the skies, how much more does he care for each one of us? Uh, and, and yet we can be, because we desire this control, because we want things to, to go exactly as we want them to be, um, we, we, we grasp and clasp on to, to things, trying to control things instead of just relaxing and being free in the confidence that comes from faith in God. If you think about, you know, I, I, I've got young children and if you just think about, you know, 
we were all young children at one point. Uh, hopefully, uh, uh, wonderful relationships with our parents, and that's not always the case. Maybe you have your own children. Um, and just think about how, you know, a child, especially when they're young, the trust, the implicit trust and confidence they have in their parents, that mom and dad will just make things okay. And so, so often, you know, children will just, you know, crawl into their parents' arms, onto their parents' laps. Um, and, and they just have that sense of peace and security that, you know, things are going to be okay. Um, that's what the father desires for us. He wants us to crawl into his lap and simply trust in him. And again, that doesn't mean that that life is always going to be easy. That doesn't mean that we won't have uh, difficulties. Uh, far from it. We, 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 will have, we, are, we are going to, to, to suffer. And, and pain is part of this life. It's not the last word. Um, death, uh, suffering, pain do not have the last word. Jesus did... Uh, uh, was victorious over sin and death and the devil um, in the resurrection. So we rejoice in that. We know that Good Friday does not have the last word, that there is uh, the resurrection of Easter Sunday. But living that way, so again, getting back to, to, to Father, my, our topic for today, our culture doesn't have that hope. Our culture uh, either does explicitly or, or often teeters on the edge of despair over the fact that, you know, th- this is all there, this, the, this is all there is to life. There's nothing more. There's no fulfillment. We have fleeting moments of, of fulfillment, but that's all there is. And, 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 and to that Christianity, the church, Pope Francis says, no, there is more to life. The, the, the moments of, of, of fulfillment, not just pleasure, but fulfillment and true authentic joy, true authentic happiness, human flourishing, that is God's desire for us in the midst of, of suffering and, and trials and hardships. Through that, um, we, God desires that we would have uh, the fullness of joy. Um, ultimately, that will only come in heaven, but it does begin now. And, and we, again, as Christians, are called to live that. So maybe that becomes some, something that, 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 that we could maybe do more, is pray, um, pray that we would live, that we would grow ourselves in that sense of peace and contentment and trust, faith. Uh, hope, love, joy, and then that we would live that out more naturally. You know, pray, pray to, to, to our heavenly Father that He would help us to grow in all of those things, and then that He would help us to live, to manifest, to reveal those things to those around us. Again, as I mentioned earlier, Francis said that 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 uh, the, the church will grow best most effectively by attraction, and that's that's something that we need to take to heart. It's. It's not the words that we say. It can be. I shouldn't discount it completely. It's not, it's, not, um, it's not just the words that we say. And oftentimes the words that we say aren't the most effective. They're important and they're necessary. It's, that's what this podcast is. That's what this broadcast is. It's, it's words. But hopefully it's through our living and w- giving witness to our Christian faith in our everyday life that others, whether they be fellow Catholics, uh, other Christians, non-practicing, former people who have left, um, people of completely different faiths or no faith, uh, 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 whoever they are, that they would see our example, that that we they would see the peace, the trust, the confidence that we that that we we embody and that we live, and they would see you know. I want that. I'm, I'm worried all the time. I'm anxious all the time. I want that abundant life. Because again, that's what Jesus, that's what Jesus wants us to have. Despite, you know, the, again, the, this, this, the theme of the, the cultural fascination that we have with the undead, Jesus doesn't want to have some 
not just you know, certainly zombie walking dead sort of life. He doesn't even want us to have the sort of life that we have now forever. He wants us to have the fullness of divine life that he and the father and the spirit share for all eternity. He wants to share that with us that we might have that and in turn then share that with others. Uh, and then with that, we're going to wrap up this episode of Ignition. Again, sorry that uh, Father's phone died, but uh, hopefully uh, we, I, I muddled through. Again, email address cbergwald at sfcatholic.org. And you can find this and past episodes of, of Ignition at the diocesan website, www.sfcatholic.org. Thank you for listening, and may God bless you.